Henry Coleman, the father of all Laurentians, podcast by Jack Tebow. As you walk through the echoey halls and climb up the steep staircases of our beloved main hall, I'm assuming that you aren't thinking about what it would have been like to be walking the same exact echoey halls and steep stairs that Lawrence students did in 1849. Instead, you may be thinking of the homework they have due that day, or what sort of food is being served for lunch. However, without the success of our fellow Laurentians nearly 170 years ago, and of note, Lawrence's first graduating class, there might be no homework for you, me, and all of your classmates to think about. Lawrence's current history derives from the old ways that Lawrence was run, and one member of Lawrence's first graduating class of a whopping four students particularly stands out. Henry Coleman, a devoted Methodist boy coming from a small Wisconsin family with a passion for learning and religion, decided to take a chance on a small school, and this forever changed the path and the development of Lawrence. On a brisk summer's day in 1850, 16-year-old Henry Coleman set out from his small home in Wisconsin and headed north through the fields and across the raging rivers in pursuit of a form of education not many people had received, a college degree. Being from Wisconsin in this time period, Coleman's decision to leave home and to pursue higher education was a risky yet rewarding choice. His pioneer trip to Appleton in the mid-19th century was all about the betterment of his education, helping his family, and growing religiously. Yet he is remembered for none of these pursuits. According to close friend Reverend John Scott Davis, in a speech written for Coleman's funeral in 1927, he wanted to know something. He wanted to be somebody. He had a great purpose. He had a tremendous ambition, not personal ever, but an ambition to accomplish something. Coleman spent his days at Lawrence once he arrived on campus and became a member of the slowly growing student body, practicing his religion and getting along with his classmates. He became very involved in the religious community around Lawrence and Appleton, which was impressive and notable, as Appleton hadn't even really been developed as a city at the time. He kept up with his schoolwork and graduated seven years from when he first started school. Keep in mind that Coleman was 16 years old when he first started at Lawrence. Making this transition from being at home with his family to being completely on his own in an unforged community, a brave and determined journey. Although he made the choice to leave home, he was still very much involved with his family and sent a letter home a little less than once a week. In his letters, Coleman chronicled the events from the past week, payments that had to be made, and news of his, how his studies were going. In a letter he sent to his parents on March 15, 1854, he writes, Doctor gives me no encouragement for employment here but little is doing with the college. I found myself up with my class in Latin, but a little behind in Greek. Other things are moving on as usual, only they have commenced the church. You must excuse the scribbling for my hand trembles badly. Write soon, your dutiful son, Henry. As can be deciphered from this letter, Coleman was quite attentive to how his schoolwork was going, the community in which he lived in, and even included a bit of personal and lighthearted anecdote. He also writes of him discussing rooming with a roommate in another letter to home, this one being from September 29th, sometime in the early 1850s, in which he says, Room rent in this room is only $5 per term, which is $1.67 less than I expected. I have not spent $5 on the room, and as a chum and I have taken everything into partnership, I am just about even with him. This shows that Coleman was very conscious about the money he spent and how he used his time at Lawrence, as this was an important education for him to receive. It is also quite interesting to think about housing and dorm expenses at Lawrence in the 1850s to be only $5 compared to the amount of money that we have to pay today. $5 in 1850 are equivalent to the same purchasing power that $157 have nowadays. Coleman graduated from Lawrence in 1857, and according to Davis, 
Coleman was number one on the list of graduates, among the three other students. Immediately after Coleman graduated from Lawrence, he taught for a year at the very school he graduated from. While it is unclear what class subjects he taught, he eventually went on to becoming renowned throughout Lawrence's history, as he remained on the board of trustees for many years after he graduated, and even enjoyed some success with other schools around Wisconsin. Success after graduating, such as becoming a principal for the Evansville Seminary in 1863, is another reason people should know about Coleman. He took over as principal for the seminary in a small Wisconsin town of Evansville, bringing his religious knowledge and social skills to run the school in a well-fashioned manner. If you would like to take a brief second to observe the Evansville Seminary Expenses Flyer posted on the poster board under Figure 4, a good image and description of the school with Coleman listed as the president can be found. Based on the fact that universities were all becoming common in Wisconsin around the same time that Lawrence became a college of its own, Coleman's journey to Lawrence was one that no one knew would pay off. Yet Coleman was determined, as his pursuit of education was very clear and derived from the same desires that students, just like all of us students here, have when deciding to come to college. Coleman wanted to learn and have the opportunity to be educated, and him being one member out of the four of Lawrence's first graduating class more than likely contributed to Lawrence still being the renowned school that it is today. Coleman clearly had a good head on his shoulders and wanted to better any place he attended, and he left a lot of traces of himself behind on campus. As Coleman Hall is actually named for his wonderful wife, Lucinda Darlene Coleman, to whom he was married for 66 years, Henry Coleman's impact on this school is one that has been lost and should be celebrated. As it was stated in Lawrence's 1911 Ariel that was dedicated in Coleman's name. His relations to Lawrence have been more close and constant than that of any other graduate. He was the first alumni to be elected a member of the Board of Trustees. This shows that Coleman's involvement spanned many decades and it was greatly appreciated. Overall, Coleman is a figure in Lawrence's history that needs to be brought forth once again, as his involvement with this school is still affecting us in a positive way to this day. I hope this podcast could do this pioneer justice. I'd like to thank Aaron Dix, Gretchen Revy, Andrew McSorley, Arno Damaro, David Burke, Lawrence University Archives, and the Lawrence University Library for assisting in the production of this podcast. I'd also like to thank Professor Bridget Vance and the History 101 class for giving us a chance to allow students in this class to research important members of Lawrence's past that we wouldn't have normally learned of through the usage of primary and secondary sources. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and learned a bit more about Lawrence's history.